0: Hello and welcome to episode 35 of the Thinking LSAT podcast in San Francisco. I'm Nathan Fox and in Washington, D.C., Ben Olson. How you doing, Ben? Doing great. What's up with the seasonal allergies, dude?
1: I don't know. This year is supposed to be really bad. I didn't have them when I was in uh, California when I was growing up, but I have them now, so... Maybe huh. I made a mistake in moving to Virginia.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, California is an awful nice place. I just got back from a long motorcycle ride. I went down to uh, Pinnacles National Park. Do you know where that is? No, I don't. Uh, it's down off 101. It's just like a little mini Yosemite. I took a two day trip down there and went for a long hike and stuff. Cool. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty are fun. You, are you licensed? Um, I have my permit. Oh, you have your permit? Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm working on it. It was like by the time I I got my permit and then I made an appointment for the for the riding test and it was like 6 weeks out was the first uh riding test that I could get. So, yeah, everything will be up on, on the up and up in like another uh week or two. Cool. But now I'm back from my long ride and I'm drinking a nice cold Sierra Nevada. Nice. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it feels good, doesn't it? To be the the test is over. I imagine it's a lot lighter of a schedule.
0: Yeah, you you taking a little break or taking the family on a trip or anything?
1: Yeah, um, we're going. Uh, my wife has some family in North Carolina, so we're going to go down there and see them. Excellent. Feels good. I'm finally getting stuff done.
0: That yeah, I know you were super busy over the past couple months. Yeah. Good. Good problem to have, I guess. Yeah. So today on the show, we have uh, three items on the agenda. The first two are about the June 2015 LSAT. We're going to talk about, um, first thing, we're going to talk about some anomalies that happened. At least uh, my students reported a few, uh, Proctor fuck-ups and some other weird uh, test center stuff. We're going to talk about whether the test was hard or easy. I kind of heard both from my students, so I'll be interested, Ben, to hear what yours have to say, particularly uh, on the logic game. So I'd love to hear what everybody thought about that. Okay. And then we have an email from a listener, Kyle, about how uh, he should start his prep. Actually, I assume it was he. But anyway, sorry, Kyle, if you're a she. Um, so that's the agenda. Um, first thing, yeah, uh, proctors, LSAT proctors are not good at their jobs. Um, at least here in the Bay Area, they're not. And so I have, I have, I think I have three different fuck ups. Um,
1: you heard about three from your students?
0: Well, we got that one email right about the. Oh yeah. Sort of. I guess that was just more like an anomaly of the proctors letting somebody rebubble their bubble sheet or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of like not really a big deal. I mean, when I took the test, which was in 2007, some girl—I've told the story before—but some girl uh, misbubbled her her section and then cried to the proctors, and the proctor sat there and let her rebubble like the entire section.
1: <laughs> wow. I mean, I can, it's, it's like, not a big deal on one level, but I can see how it's, like, really annoying for people because small things hinge on whether you bubbled stuff in in the last 10 seconds or not sometimes.
0: Yeah, you know? it just doesn't affect you at all. You know, that's the thing. It's, like, it only affects the person who actually did it. So yeah. if you're getting pissed off that the – because I remember, like, they, they, they actually extended the break when I took the test. They extended the break. Because this this girl was bawling, and they let her rebubble her bubble sheet, and because <laughs> she had like bubbled them all off by one or something, you know, like just a stupid mistake, like skipped a question mm-hmm. but forgot to skip the question on the bubble sheet. Yeah. So they let her rebubble the whole thing, and I was just kind of laughing, like, all right, you know, no big deal, whatever. She's melting down, and they're letting her fix it, and that's nice of them to let her, let her fix it. Who who cares?
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: the thing that was really amusing to me was just looking around and seeing. All the other people like super, super pissed that they mm-hmm. were that they were letting her do this. You know, like this is unfair, and they were going to report the proctors to the LSAC, and they're getting all agitated. And it's like, you know, why does that? What does that have to do with you? I mean, <laughs> the test is not curved, first of yeah. all. Yeah. So her, you know, even if she rebubbles it and gets a one eighty, that doesn't affect your score. So, so one, who cares? Two, like I mean, okay, so I guess in a in a universe where she applies to the same school as you and she gets in and you're one off the bubble, you know, you just don't get in because of her, then I mm-hmm. guess it could conceivably affect you, but the odds of that are just you know zero. So yeah. I would I was just kind of chuckling and I was actually the way you know as I'm a good test taker, right? I'm like a I'm good on game day and. Mm-hmm. When I saw all those other people getting pissed off, that actually made me kind of happy. Like, I was like, oh, yeah, okay. Well, she already fucked up. You know, she's mm-hmm. she's already melted down and is misbubbled her bubble sheet, and there's no way she's going to do good on the rest of the test anyway after having a whole whole meltdown. But then now you, all you guys also are pissed off and frustrated and thinking about some something other than just answering the questions. So, <clears throat> anyway, I think that's kind of the appropriate attitude to or it's a useful attitude anyway to take into test day is to just sort of shake off all of that stuff and hope that other people get pissed off.
1: Yeah. Yeah the best outcome is just to let it go. You.
0: <laughs> right, exactly. And we'll 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 get into that actually. Um one of my students has a thank you for you, Ben. So I'll I'll get there. Um so here are the the Proctor mistakes that I heard of in Oakland um, like three or four of my students were in the same room where the proctor during the logic game section forgot to give the five minute warning. Like, okay. like no five minute warning at all. Like just yeah. at the, at the 35 minute time's up, it's just like that <laughs> <"Hey>, time's up. <laughs> and <laughs> according to these students, um, the, everyone in the room, of course, you know, with their watches, like just jumps all over the, and, and everyone just knows that they didn't get a five-minute warning so apparently everyone kind of like bitched out the proctor at that point um that that there was no five-minute warning but what are they going to do yeah so there's no recourse there right
1: not that i know of i mean i think it's pretty common too i have occasionally forgotten to give my students a five-minute warning and they're they're not really pleased when i do but i like to tell them hey look uh (laughs) that was subconsciously intentional yeah if that's if that's a thing
0: um i might to, have pulled that same out. maneuver <laughs> a time or two <laughs> when i'm proctoring tests but yeah
1: but i think uh i've he- i've heard weird things here uh, not from this test just a, like a few years ago when that happened the people got so mad that the proctor gave them five more minutes which i think is i don't know what to think about that but you know whatever that happened so i guess yeah. some proctors will bend
0: yeah. It can happen from time to time. Um, I suppose worst case scenario at that point, you know, you just, I would probably cheat. Frankly, I would probably just like, if I hadn't finished the section and I hadn't gotten a five minute warning, I would feel pretty justified in just bubbling in guesses for the rest of the questions. Uh, mm. even after time had been called just during the next section or something, just bubbling guesses. I don't know. That's what I would do. I wouldn't feel pretty, very bad about that. Um, yeah you know, that's not the optimal strategy. That's not what I teach people to do, but, uh, I think that's what I would do in that situation. Um, yeah. people are not getting their money back, obviously, uh, for something as small as that. And as common as that, there's no way they're going to get like their money back or a free retake or.
1: No, no I they're can't. just going to say, Hey, you got your whole time. So
0: <laughs> yeah, you got the 35 minutes. I mean, and that's actually the truth too, right? Yeah. <laughs> like you did have 35 minutes. So, it's not like the five minute warning is going to help you get more questions. Right. Um, anyway, um, then there's this story from Chicago. Uh, I don't know which test center, but one of my former students, uh, Mike is in Chicago now. And he says, I had two reading comprehensions and during the first one, actually it was the first section overall, the proctor called five minutes when there were actually 10 minutes left. (laughs) the opposite problem yeah but then so everyone yelled at her then she neglected to call five minutes at the real five minute mark instead she just called final the final time so at 25 minutes she said five minutes left and then at 35 minutes she said that's it so then everyone yelled at her again according to mike um and then check this out some kid was like quote, but I didn't get to transfer my answers to my bubble sheet, end quote. People were swearing, so the proctor gave us two extra minutes to, quote, transfer answers, end quote. <laughs> 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 so the whole room got two extra minutes uh, for that first reading comprehension section.
1: That is so funny. Well, the great thing about the LSAT is that... Uh, you don't really have to worry about making sure that everything is okay because everyone else is going to get pissed off and start swearing. So, you know, you can just sit back and relax and wait for everybody else to take care of any problems.
0: Yeah, that's why I tell everybody to, to not even, like, really worry about their watch. You know, it's like if the Proctor F's it up, then everyone else is going to notice that. So you don't, you really don't, you can just be along for the ride and let them take care of it. Yeah. I, this turns out good for Mike though, right? Like he ends up getting two extra minutes on that reading comprehension section, him and everyone yeah. else in the room gets an extra two minutes. Yeah. So again, there, you know, I, I, that's borderline a situation where it might be, I could, I could potentially see the LSAT coming in and canceling everyone's score that was there, you know, cause it was like <laughs> a bad enough. I don't know. I guess two minutes is probably not bad enough, but Um, yeah i guess the
1: incentives are though that no one's gonna say anything right or
0: well but they're all gunners you know so there are probably people are still gonna complain if there's one thing that lawyers like to do it's definitely complain about uh slights so Mm -hmm. i could see them you know that somebody somebody who felt like they did poorly is gonna is gonna make the case that that was what made them do poorly Mm -hmm. (laughs) so anyway um I get a um, yeah report another report from Oakland saying that the test started an hour late um, because the proctor was letting people register way after the posted time that's again pretty common huh
1: yeah what do they mean by an hour late because I expect most people to start an hour maybe even an hour and a half after the the start time?
0: Yeah, I don't know. Maybe this was just an hour after the start time, and it's really no big deal. Um, I have seen test centers start before the posted start time. Um, what? Yeah, really? yeah. This so was... the
1: start time is like eight thirty, and they're starting before. or Totally. Start yeah, starting
0: before because um, it, I, apparently this happened at USF uh, University of San Francisco like a couple administrations ago, where. They just were super efficient, and everybody arrived on time. Everybody was early. You know, they say start at 8.30, arrive at 8,
1: mm.
0: and everybody was there at 8, and they had everybody seated like at 8.05.
1: Wait, wait, step back for a second. I, I've never – they they tell you to arrive at 8? Well, they, tell they you told to arrive, you to be there by
0: 8.30. Oh, whatever the start time is, 30 minutes oh. before the start time. I don't know. Is the start time usually 9, and they tell you to be there at
1: 8.30? Well, to be honest, I've never actually heard of a start time. Like, I, I've always heard of, you have to be there by 8.30 for the Saturday test, or you have to be there by 12.30 for the Monday test, but oh, okay. um, maybe it's just the what start I time say. is not identified. Wait, what'd you say?
0: Sorry. Maybe it's just what I tell people, you know? It's like, well, whatever oh, time okay. they tell you, you know, be there a half hour before that just to yeah. be safe, and then most people are there even earlier than that because they're really safe, because they're pretty concerned about <laughs> the test day and being there on time and everything, but anyways at this site, they were just really efficient about getting everybody in the rooms and they had everybody in small rooms as well, like 15 people per room. And so Mm -hmm. then as soon as the 15 people were there, they were just going. Um, so anyways, yeah, people were getting out, uh, early.
1: That's cool.
0: Yeah. Getting done and getting out early. Um, I have one more and then I'll see if you got some stories from your students. Uh, this one is bizarre. I've never heard this before. Uh, The Monterey Test Center. Apparently, um, the student says they tried to act like hard asses, but they were extremely relaxed. People were drinking water during the exam, even though that's not allowed. People had mechanical pencils, and they were not told that they could not use the mechanical pencils. And then... (laughs) the dean of the law school monterey law school apparently monterey has a law school which i didn't really even know about it's not an aba accredited school it's got to be like just a california accredited school okay but the dean of the law school came in and had them do some weird screaming exercise before the test so that (laughs) allegedly allegedly so that they would be relaxed while they were taking the test oh my god
1: (laughs) people have time for this I'm going to go over to the LSAT and tell people to start screaming.
0: My guess is that it was like maybe kind of an advertisement for the Monterey Law School. For the school? Yeah, Yeah. you know, like the dean's like, well, hey, we got the LSAT here. We should go in and, you know, show them how cool and progressive our (laughs) law school is with this screaming exercise. Um, I don't know about you, Ben, but I hate shit like that. I, I like I can't stand it. I had oh, a,
1: yeah. Are you kidding me? Like, I, that's what I do. What are we doing? What's going on?
0: <laughs> I, had a, I had a business school when I was at Babson when I was doing my MBA. I had a business school lecture where this dude came in and had us do, like, a laughing exercise. Have you ever been part of one of these things? No. It was the most uncomfortable 20 seconds of my life until I ran out of the room like I couldn't do it. It was, so the, the dude, it was like a, his whole shtick was like, yeah, we're going to, you know, it was like a laughing meditation, yoga kind of, just really kind of fruity, kind of woo woo sort of thing. And he was, he just like started, okay, so what we're going to do now is we're going to laugh together. And then he just started like, ah, ha, 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 ha. Whoa, ho, ho, ho. like holding <laughs> his belly and stuff. And like, you know, other people started like kind of faking it and then, at at that point i was like my eyes were bugging out of my head and i was like scanning for the exits it was like i if there was a fire i would not have gotten out of there any faster than as fast as i got out of there because it was just like i am not participating in this bullshit i'm sorry (laughs) i cannot do it oh that's funny anyway i think i would have done that same thing if, if i was at the um monterey uh administration of the June 2015 LSAT. That sounds brutal. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the same student uh, wanted to thank you, Ben, uh, because apparently he listened to all your meditation stuff and has been practicing some of your meditation stuff. And um, he says that he had a, 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 guy sitting next to him who was like really congested
1: mm. and
0: um, sounded like he was dying and <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So this guy, instead of doing CPR, uh, my student, Gilberto, uh, did like a 30 second like little meditation, whatever, just kind of zoned out, just sort of stopped and kind of recentered himself and focused and uh, then says for the rest of the test he had he was not bothered. Um, Wow. Yeah. Cool. Well, I mean, maybe the Maybe the dude died. So that's why he wasn't bothered. This is the last hurrah. Yeah anyway um that's what i got as far as uh, weird test centers and proctors messing up and that kind of stuff what what uh what did you hear from your students
1: uh, uh i didn't hear any weird stories this this time around so
0: all good no no failed five minute warnings no test starting late no anything like that all good huh
1: all good it's starting to make me like worried about california
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah well we got problems here we got a major drought (laughs) we got our state economies in the toilet and uh i don't know we don't care though it's just sunshine and beers and uh yeah it's all good i guess okay um so that's it for that section um let's talk about the test a little bit. What, what have you heard, um, from your students regarding the test?
1: Yeah. So some, some definite negative comments about the last game in particular. Um, it made me feel like they did what they've done on a few recent LSATs where they make the earlier games not as hard, and people finish them quickly and then have a lot of time, but then encounter a tough last game and kind of not know what to do. Um, I also heard two people compare the entire test to test 72, which I think is the June 2014 test, okay. Um which was a which was a hard one compared to the tests around it. At least that's the sense I got. It all, that was the one with the uh, the hard game at the end with the the work pieces.
0: Oh yeah. And, okay. and the
1: employees who had to pass them. From. So it sounded similar to that. Um, at the same time, I did hear some some people say that they felt pretty good about the logical reasoning and about the reading comp. And so I think most of the anxiety centers on the games, which to me, actually, yeah, that's that's unfortunate. But at the same time, there's not that many points in the games. And if we're really only losing a few points in the last game, then maybe overall the test is actually pretty good. So I don't okay. know. We'll yeah. See.
0: I mean, I always hear more about the games than I hear about any other section. I'm sure you do, too. Right. That's. Mm-hmm that's really the thing that I think I feel like the games just change more than the rest of the test changes yeah is that true yeah. I mean to yeah, me I so. I, like a difficult section of logical reasoning it doesn't seem that much different from a hard, an easy section of logical reasoning in fact I don't even know that there is such a thing um, <clears throat> I would say same thing about reading comprehension I mean there are a few there are hard questions here and there but I just don't it, it's not like there will be sometimes a super easy section of games and then there will be a super hard section of games. So that's what I always hear back about is the games. But this, this test in particular, I heard like it's, it, it doesn't even, it's like, it seems as if the people took different tests. Okay. Um, because I get, I'm just going to read you. I can't read all of these emails that I quoted. Uh, in the email that I sent you, Ben, but I'll just kind of like paraphrase some of this. Um, Somebody says the consensus on the Reddit community was that the logic games was really hard. And I'm like, okay. um, You know, my guess would be that the consensus on the internet is always going to be that the logic games was really hard. Uh, But anyways, so take that for what it's worth. Reddit Mm -hmm. seemed to think that the logic games was really hard. Um, Then we get, uh, somebody, logic games section was so hard that I only got to two games and did half of the third game, uh, blah, blah, blah. Should I cancel? I definitely didn't do as well as I did usually do because of the logic games. What should I do? And I was like, don't cancel. It was not a disaster. Don't cancel. We should talk about that maybe a little bit, Ben. Um, yeah. Just uh, my general advice is don't cancel. Yeah. What, what do you think? We've talked about this before. Actually, this podcast probably not even going to come out before the deadline to cancel, but for future posterity.
1: Yeah, if you're just feeling bad about the test, I probably would not cancel. Um, if you knew that something seriously unusual happened compared to what you normally do, um, you don't finish an entire reading comp passage and an entire game and you almost, well, you always finish them and you always only get one or two wrong. That's definitely a very different scenario, but it would have to happen in two of those sections, not just one. I don't know. Um, in general, I'd say just keep it. You're probably overestimating how badly you did. We usually do, especially when it's the real thing. But I think there are some cases where especially more astute test takers may know, um, That they did really poorly and depending on if they have a score on record or something like that, they may decide to cancel.
0: Yeah, I would say, I mean, if you have a score on record and you know that this test is worse than that score that you have on record, like, but you have to know that. So if there's even like a 10% chance that this that the test that you just took was better than your score on record, then I would probably keep that score. I mean, just see what it was yeah don't you think like if there's any chance wouldn't you keep it
1: yeah i mean i i don't know if i have a percentage in mind it's hard to say it's kind of a feeling you know but um i would say if there's a chance probably keep it because if it goes up that's going to be a huge benefit if it goes down it's probably not going to hurt you much most uh, since schools they're gonna yeah take the highest score anyways it's a little weird to have a score go down and then now they're thinking oh maybe the average is a little bit lower it might look bad subjectively on your application but in terms of hard numbers all they're gonna care about is the highest one so
0: yeah yeah I, what I told this student was like listen if you think that there's even a 10% chance that you scored a point or two higher I think it would be tragic to cancel the score yeah um, you know, she's, she's not happy with how she did. So she's going to take it again anyway. So her third test is what's going to really matter. But here, if, if she had a 149 on record, and if this turned out to be a 151, but she canceled it, that would be like a major fail. Mm -hmm. She says her practice tests have been 153 to 157. And she has a 149 on record. And she didn't think this went that well. But if her practice tests were 153 to 157, it seems like still there's a pretty good chance that it's higher than 149. Oh yeah,
1: in that case, I mean, not <coughs> well probably means, well, I don't know what probably means, but yeah. it, maybe it's 153, which is yeah, which light is light years ahead of
0: totally yeah, 153 versus 149 is like a mile ahead. It's funny, like I think she would be terrified if she put a 147 on her record, um, but. Law schools are really only going to look at the 149. And if there's a chance that she had a 151 or a 153, that's just so much better than the bad case is bad. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway, don't cancel. If you had a migraine headache and you had to leave the test, okay, cancel. Or if you had some terrible tragedy happen, like, okay, cancel. But otherwise, just, I think, don't cancel. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, back to the reports from the test. Um, My student, Taylor, says that the first logic game, uh, threw her and she's like WTF doesn't know what it was, felt like she had nothing to work with, uh, just trouble on the very first game. Um, looking back on it, I think the first game was just very explicit. So explicit that it was hard for me to accept that the answers were that obvious. Um, hmm. Sean uh, also says the games were beasts. The easy ordering game didn't happen until game number three. The first two games were both pretty unique. The first one had multiple dimensions to consider. Um, Didn't make it to the fourth game. And then Sean says that the fourth game only had four questions. Did you hear that?
1: Uh, I haven't heard that. Nope.
0: That's new for me and totally unprecedented.
1: It is. Yeah, uh, It's always been between five and eight, as far yep. as I know.
0: Yep. Um, so that's... And eight would be super rare, right? Yeah, that'd be um, rare.
1: It's usually five to seven.
0: So. Yeah. So four would be a brand new one. But if the fourth game only had four questions, I would actually say that autom- almost automatically makes this an easy section um, for most people, given that most people don't make it to the fourth game. Oh, I see. Because
1: then they're only giving up four yeah. questions. Yeah. Yeah. Although it sounds like they've really messed. It it does mess with people when they take and put the easier game third. third. Yeah.
0: yeah, that is tough. But, I mean, still, like, it seems like you should make it to that third game. Um, I don't yeah. know. I don't know.
1: I'm just thinking, you know, Test 62, which is, I don't know what month that is. But the first game is not like a super easy first game, and the second game is that Windows game where you. Oh
0: yeah, 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 totally. It's really hard. Green and game. purple and rose and orange and yellow, yeah.
1: Yeah, and so people get slowed down, and then you waste all this time, and then you're panicked because you're not at all where you should be after the second game, where you usually are. So it can really mess with people, I think, because so, it happens so rarely. Yeah, rare.
0: I mean, Prep Test sixty-two is particularly hard because they put the hardest game. The easiest game I think is last. It is. Yep. Yeah, that's an easy sequencing game, and it's last. And that's like mm-hmm. that's when that that's when a game section will get really tough. Um, yeah. So maybe that happened here. Yeah. If the easiest one was third, and if one and two were were hard, but I, so so you, you hear people saying that one and two were hard, mm-hmm. and then I get um, one of my higher scoring students. He was prep test. I mean, his his practice scores were like 170s, low 170s uh, leading up to the test. And he says, Logic Games was a breeze, but had an unconventional first game. Three of the four games were grouping and the other was ordering. One of my other higher scorers uh, says, I had two Logic Games sections she asks, does everyone get the same experimental section? She doesn't know. The answer to that is no. Um, everybody gets different experimental sections. Um, she says, that she, though, that she got through both of the logic game sections with extra time, had time to go back and recheck her answers. Then I have another student who was kind of like in the middle of the, of the group, like maybe 160 on her practice test and she says the test held almost no surprises and was very similar to the practice tests that I have done. I caught a cold on Friday so I was feeling pretty sick during the test. Regardless, I think I did a solid job. <laughs> you know, and so it's like, it just seems like people aren't even taking the same test even though mm-hmm. we know they are. Yeah. Um. So I just don't know what to say. What? Yeah, I, that's interesting.
1: I, I felt like I had more emails that were Negative about that fourth game, but now I'm even wondering if it was the fourth game that they were talking about or if they're just all talking about the same game and I just assumed it was fourth. But, um, hmm.
0: yeah, this uh, I mean, when one of my best students says that the first game was unconventional, uh, yeah, so it seems like there was a bit of a curveball there in that very first game that you had to just get around, yeah, uh, because yeah, I mean, multiple students now are complaining about that first game, so. We don't know. We will see. Um, What do we got? Another two and a half weeks until we get our hands on that test. Yeah. So we will look forward to it. Um, Did you hear anything else from any of your students?
1: No. uh, Mainly just focusing on the games and trying to figure out which one was their experimental. Um, I did have one student who was trying to figure out which logical reasoning section was experimental? But that is, that's tough. So, <laughs> I said I'm sorry, I don't know. Um, but reading comp and games, people are asking about that. Just I think to, you know, figure it out.
0: And that's pretty. You, I mean, even though they have to sign. Uh, waivers or whatever saying we won't we promise that we won't talk about the test and blah 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 um the internet is just full of information about the test like the second the test is over right the the bulletin boards just light up with people talking about yeah they'll 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 they will not like be posting exact questions but they'll be saying hey this game about the clown cars um you know, I had one section that started off with clown cars and I had one section that started off with fire trucks. Mm -hmm. And then someone will immediately say, Oh yeah, the fire trucks won. I only had one game section and I had the fire trucks and I didn't have the clown cars. So then obviously the clown cars is the experimental section. Same thing with reading comprehension. People can usually figure that out pretty easily. Logical reasoning. Yeah. A lot tougher to figure out. But then again, logical reasoning, there's like so much less variance. I feel like in the difficulty of the logical reasoning sections Seems like if you just do your best on all three sections, if you happen to have experimental logical reasoning, you should do fine and not really worry about it. That's Um, true. The only reason why I think I would care is, yeah, if I had experimental reading comprehension or I had experimental games and I knew that I really, really, really tanked one of those sections, then I might think about that before I decided whether I was going to cancel or not.
1: Yeah. It sounded like the experimental games was... uh, Was... Substantially easier. Some people were even surprised.
0: Oh, really? Mm-hmm. At how easy it was?
1: How easy it was. And then this one was sort of weird. And so they assumed, kind of, I mean, I think they t- still took it seriously, but they kind of had a thought, oh, this is probably the experimental.
0: Yeah. Yeah. One of my students says, Um, I'm hoping she had two games, and she says, I hope the real section was the first one I encountered. I finished with eight minutes left, and I had time to check my answers, carefully fill in bubbles, and redo one of the games. Wow. So that's probably that super easy experimental section.
1: I also heard, I think someone said that uh, on their experimental game section there was a a circle game, Um, sort of like the one in the 40s and in Test Six. You know, like a, like the table, people sitting around a table game. I don't remember. <coughs> yes, I did test hear. What was from?
0: I did hear someone say something about that as well. Um, I don't have that here in my notes, but I did have someone talking about a circular game. But that is not on the real, the real scored section apparently.
1: Yeah, so it's not on the real one, but it will presumably be coming out sometime.
0: Next well, few years. unless they decide that it was not valid. I mean, the other thing is they could be testing many different experimental sections of games at once, right?
1: They could. They could. Um, we we just yeah. Don't know. I haven't really looked into that too closely. I've kind of assumed that it was just one because of what people say on message boards when they do start talking about their experimentals. They seem to agree. Oh,
0: that they have the same one. Okay. But
1: you know, that's that's totally that's just. That's a horrible study. It could just be like two random people agreeing. Right,
0: exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Sorry, listeners. We just don't know about that. If anybody, <laughs> hey, let us know. If you know, let us know. Um, just email both of us, help at thinkinglsat.com, and you can tell us all the dirt that you know about how the experimental section works on the LSAT. We would appreciate it. Um, okay. Um, anything else to sum up about the June test?
1: Nope, now it's just time to wait.
0: Yeah, Oh, and potentially time to keep studying, huh? I mean, for some people.
1: Yeah, I would say take a break for a week, but then get back into it.
0: Well, by the time they hear this, it'll have been 10 days since the test, or a week since the test. So yeah. maybe time to get back cracking again. I mean, waiting three weeks for your scores to come back, maybe not the best strategy if you know you didn't do very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the more I've done... The more I've taught LSAT, the more I've like become convinced that the key is to just do a little bit every day, like an hour a day kind of thing, or at least that that's one really very effective way of studying is to just do an hour a day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that works better, of course, if you have months uh, to do it. So for people who took the test in June and are not happy, you know, it just doesn't feel good. I mean, okay, you're probably taking it again in October. And rather than completely atrophy during that time, you know, maybe just whatever your worst section is do a little bit here and there, something like that. Just, just to kind of keep the wheels turning a little bit. I don't know. Yeah. Some people definitely can benefit from a break. If you're feeling really burned out, taking some time off is not a huge mistake, but, um, if you have fundamental issues and you need to improve, um, the best way to improve is to just kind of keep chipping away at it a little bit all the time. Yeah. At least that's my philosophy.
1: No, I think it's good. And the only reason I mentioned the break is because I think a lot of people will, you know, they'll put in a lot of hours leading right up to the test and then maybe take time off right before the test. But they've been putting a lot of other things in their life off and it's sort of like, okay, take a week, get your head on straight. And then, kind of dive back into it with a fresh mindset. And
0: yeah. I mean, in that case, like get your head on straight. They should have been getting their head on straight earlier in, in my view anyway. Yeah. You know, like the, the th- pe- things where like people are totally neglecting their friends and family or just letting shit, you know, <laughs> really dropping balls. Um, I, I don't think is a, you know, because it's like, because they're doing like the, nope, sorry, I have to drop everything because I have to cram for the LSAT. Um, that, in my experience, just doesn't work, period. That, that you really do need to have a balance in your life. And you need to be like happy and confident and rested. For, for example, like people who, oh, I can't sleep. I can't afford to sleep. I have to study for the LSAT. Yeah. I mean, that's just like obviously ridiculous, right? hmm so um sure if that's you then yeah you know part of the reason why you didn't do as well as you would have liked to have done in June is because you were freaking yourself out and you were you burned yourself out and you overdid it and you need to not do that for the October test so if you're having drama with your roommates about whose turn it is to clean the bathroom then yeah okay clean the bathroom and then schedule a talk with your roommates and then get all that shit sorted out and then stay on top of it. And don't let that blow up again um, because October will be here before you know it. And you need to be, you need to have all that other stuff sorted out in your life. You can't you can't be having like drama with your mom and your boyfriend and whatever else. Like you, you have to have that shit sorted out, I think, to, to really get your best performance on the day of the test. I think this is why I go more and more to this idea of like, you know, can we just do maybe one hour a day of LSAT prep? I mean, if you do an hour a day, you're going to be doing almost two tests per week. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And if you did two tests per week between now and the October test, you would do 25 tests or something like that. More, Mm -hmm. Maybe more than that. That's a hell of a lot of tests. And I'm talking about like, time to review too, right? When I say an hour a day, I'm talking about like a 35 minute section and then 25 minutes to review that section. So you're doing, you're doing a test and a half a week for 14 weeks or whatever it is. I mean, that's a lot. And then that gives you 23 hours in the day to sort out all of your other crazy shit that you got going on. Because um, that kind of stuff is just not going to help you when it comes to to the, te- the day of the test and the performance that you're going to get out on that day. Anyway, okay, I'll stop lecturing about that. <laughs> um, moving on, uh, this is final uh, agenda item that we have for today is a long email from our listener, Kyle, and I'll just go ahead and read it. I think there's a few different issues we can talk about here. So... Nathan and Ben. This email may be long, so I apologize. Okay. Let me start by saying I'm an avid listener. Wait a minute. We don't need to. Oh, it has trumped my workout playlist in the gym and has provided a lot of helpful insight into the LSAT world. Um, I'm the type of person who thinks very strategically and likes to know what I'm getting myself into. Sorry, I'm paraphrasing a little bit here. Oh, here we go. I have over a year until my academic advisor has recommended I sit for the test. Um, right there. Can we talk about that for a little bit? Yeah. Uh, happy to. Did we talk about this last time? I think we have, at least at some point. Okay. Well, let's not talk about it too much, but, um, in my experience, academic advisors and like pre-law advisors, they tend to be super nice and super genuine. And there are just so many of them out there that are not very well informed that I would just be careful letting them plan your calendar for you. Yep. Um, in my experience, academic advisors tell people to take the LSAT way too late. And they also tell people to start studying way too late. And they also tell people the worst myth, which is the, you should only take the LSAT once don't retake the LSAT. Um, we talked about that last time. So maybe we can get off of that topic. But yeah. I don't know. What Do you have anything that you want to say about that?
1: Yeah, it just seems sort of arbitrary. Like he should take it when he has time to study and be ready and then be done.
0: Yeah, right. Totally. So your scores are good for at least three years, right, at every mm-hmm. school. Um, yeah. Some schools will take even a five-year-old LSAT score. So, you know, if you're a freshman or a sophomore in college, it's absolutely not too soon to start studying. There's no way that freshman or sophomore is too soon to start studying because it might take you six months to get ready and then when you get ready you might have a bad day on your first attempt in which case you're going to want to take it again and if you have a bad second attempt you're going to want to take it again and then when you stretch that whole thing out plus the fact that if you intend to go straight to law school you're going to maybe apply in the fall of your senior year for starting law school the next fall because of the way rolling admissions works and i just haven't seen academic advisors and pre-law advisors really taking all that into account that i they it, tend, it seems to me that i hear them saying to like sophomores oh no it's way too soon for you to be thinking about the lsat
1: mm-hmm.
0: and that just is absurd i think ben your point is exactly right which is when do you have time so do you have a summer where you're not really doing that much are you going back home and working at the water slide park and selling ice cream for the summer? You know, <laughs> like if that's what you're doing for the summer, that's a damn good time to start studying for the LSAT.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, even if you're, or if you're going to have a light summer or if you're gonna have a light semester or if you're gonna have, who knows? Like I would just say, basically start now, right? You're thinking about the LSAT. Why don't you start doing a little bit of studying for the LSAT mm-hmm. and then sooner or later your practice test scores will be where you want them and then you should sit for the test and it doesn't really matter when you're going to graduate it just you've got to get it done and then the test will be good for you so my answer for that is almost always sooner rather than later yeah um so anyways Kyle continues what i'm trying to figure out is where to start i realize a year is a long time well you don't maybe have that much time i think you should probably start now Kyle and I have a few loose ends to tie up. Uh, Kyle's studying in Australia, needs to come back, needs to purchase some prep materials. Well, that doesn't really take any time. Um, so in reality, I won't actually begin for another few months. Again, <clears throat> there I just say, why? Why don't you start now? <clears throat> um, a study abroad, especially a lot of times study abroads are like really Um, not very academically rigorous. It depends where you're going, of course, but a lot of times those study abroad programs are not super, super strenuous, so that might be a great time actually to study is when you're studying abroad. Kyle says, I've toyed with the idea of taking the February 2016 exam and I'm definitely considering it. Okay, so that would be seven or eight months from now. After listening to your podcasts and reading various other resources, it seems to be a consensus that taking a diagnostic test is the best place to start. Kyle did, got a 155. Not sure where that puts me in terms of a starting point. Ben, why don't you take that?
1: I would say that's a good starting point. Um, I started with a 153. A lot of people who take, classes with me start between 140 and 155 there are definitely people below that there are also definitely people above that even in the 160s and so forth so i mean there's quite a range but starting at 155 he's already above the median test score which is like 151 or 152 for people who are sitting for the test officially and he hasn't even started to prepare yet so um I think he's in a good position to actually make a lot of progress and hit a really high score.
0: Yeah, totally. 155 has got to be like a 55th or 60th percentile or something like that. I mean, yeah. 155 would get you into tons of law schools. 155 would get you scholarships to tons of law schools. So to me, that seems like a great starting point. Um, not
1: the greatest law schools. but yes, No, no, was... no,
0: no, no. You're not getting a full ride to <laughs> Stanford with that or getting into Stanford with that. But you are getting... Scholarships to lots of regional schools. I think with a 155. Sure. Um, he says, That's, "Go ahead, go ahead."
1: Well, I, I would just add, uh, if you got a 155 without doing anything, it suggests to me that he has a good intuitive grasp of the different things that the LSAT's going to test. Yep. That doesn't mean if you score below this, you can't figure that stuff out. It just maybe he's going to take longer. So when he starts really getting into the materials, I think a lot of it's going to click for him, and he's going to make progress pretty quickly.
0: Yeah, I I totally think so. When I see somebody a cold 155 is like going to be huge opportunity for improvement. Um, He gets into some of the specifics here. Says finished three of the logic games with 12 correct. Um, I'm not thrilled with that. What do you think?
1: 12 correct out 12, of, what, the 12 23, co- right? So.
0: Yeah, but did three games and got 12 correct.
1: Uh, wait, what do you mean you're not thrilled? I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a lower score, but that's good. It's a lot of points potential for improvement. Yeah, I guess.
0: Section. Oh, no, no. So, right. So, of course, with a 155 and only 12 points on the logic games, that's a big opportunity um that's a, that is a nice opportunity to improve there because usually people who are good in the verbal sections can also get good in the in the games um, the thing that I was specifically pointing out was that he did three games and he only got 12 of them correct. So, oh,
1: you're saying the percentage he got correct of the games that he did.
0: Yeah, the accuracy there is not very good. Um, and so, Kyle, you would definitely want to slow down and just focus on accuracy on the games. You really shouldn't be missing questions on the games. You should be getting, you know, not maybe 100%, but like 95% of the questions that you attempt on the games, you should probably be getting right. So there's an opportunity there, I guess, is what I'm saying um, mm-hmm. f- for Kyle, which is if you need to really focus on perfect games, like for now, for you, Kyle, next practice test, you know, game one and game two need to be perfect. And then if you get to game three, that's great. But game one and game two need to be perfect. Um 39 correct combined in logical reasoning. That's pretty damn good there. Almost 20 points per question, uh, per section in the logical yep. reasoning and 16, right. In the reading comprehension. Um, yeah, I think that's a great spot. Um, let's see. I'm just kind of skimming paraphrasing. Um, Wondering what your advice is as to where I should start. Do I just buy the books that are recommended over and over, like the PowerScore Bibles and such, and start reading? Or should I start somewhere else? It seems like logical reasoning is going to be where I need to focus most of my efforts. Wait, what? No, I would disagree. Yeah, but I wanted to get some feedback from you guys as to timeline, studying, goals and expectations to set for myself moving forward well wishes kyle well thanks kyle thanks for the email um yeah go ahead ben what uh, go ahead
1: so his logical reasoning sections were his best sections like you said he almost got 20 correct in each one roughly yeah and he's getting 12 correct in games and then 16 correct in reading comp which is even worse than it sounds because reading comp is out of more questions yeah like 27
0: questions right
1: so, I mean, he's still going to definitely want to focus on it. He has the potential to score very well. And so he's going to want to work on that section, but I don't think it's his highest priority. His highest priority is going to actually probably be reading comp. I think games are going to make sense once he starts getting some decent strategies figured out. He's going to bring that down to zero, one, two wrong only. Um, and then I think he's going to run into trouble with reading comp.
0: Yeah, I would tend to agree. Um, I would like to know how many passages he attempted in reading comprehension. If That's he did, true. if he did all four passages and only got sixteen right, then there's an obvious fix for that, which is slow down and only do three passages and really focus on accuracy at least for now. Um, the yeah, I don't know why he thinks he needs to focus on logical reasoning. I mean, assuming that there are fifty or fifty-one questions on the logical reasoning if he were perfect on logical reasoning, he would only have plus 11 or plus 12 points there.
1: Between the two sections.
0: On, yeah, between the two sections. So that'd be if he was perfect on both of those sections, whereas in games, he only got 12 out of presumably 23. So there's a plus 11 he could get there.
1: Mm-hmm. And on
0: reading comprehension, he got 16 out of presumably 27. So there's a plus 11 that he could get right there. So... Yeah, it seems to me that studying games and reading comprehension would be a lot more useful than studying logical reasoning. Yeah. Okay. So definitely, you know, you need to work on your weakest sections, right? Not work on your strengths. I mean, this is something that we hear, at least I hear, quite a lot, right? People like to work on the things that they're the best at. (laughs) Yep. Um, but you really need to be working on the things that you're the worst at. So right now, Kyle, you're the worst at games and reading comprehension and you need to get better at those.
1: I wonder if he wrote logical reasoning but meant logic games. That no. happens a lot at the beginning,
0: no? Oh, you mean down at the oh 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 where he says it seems like logical reasoning is gonna be where I need to focus most of my efforts. Oh, that would make a hell of a lot of sense. If you meant logic games, then yeah but I think Ben's right that you also need to spend some time focusing on reading comprehension and get, get better there. Yeah. Um, so he's asking for feedback on materials, timeline, studying goals. I get a lot of these timeline questions. You too? I do. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what do you think?
1: Uh, I would say it's, It's really hard to predict how long it's going to take, but it's going to take longer than you probably think. Although, no, in this case, he's thinking he's planning for like several months, so it's kind of the opposite issue, actually. Um, I would plan on giving yourself three months to see when the next test is. So if he starts now, right, he has till October, kind of shoot for the October test in the back of his mind. I wouldn't sign up for it, but I'd shoot for it. And then see how realistic that becomes as he goes along. And if it ends up being too soon, then just push it back to December. Yeah. I guess I don't have a hard and fast timeline. It's just sort of like look at the next test and see if that seems plausible. And if it's within two or three months, that seems plausible to me for at least going forward.
0: Yeah. There's all these um, study schedules that are for sale out there. And... Shit, I don't know, Ben. Maybe we should just make one and start selling it. (laughs) But you know, that's like they're really important and uh (laughs) Yeah. I mean that's just not how I I just don't think it's that important. And I it's also just not how I like to run my business anyways, right? Like I I don't want to sell some bullshit and make money. I would rather do things that I think are actually helpful. So as far as timeline is concerned, I think like I said, I think a little bit every day is a really good idea. And I think if you started right now, it's June 11th. Well, it'll be later than that when this comes out. But if you start now, it's in June, mid-June. If you started now and did an hour a day, I would think that you would have a damn good shot of being ready to take the test in October. Yeah. Especially when you start with a 155. Yep. And I think it would be very easy for him to just get like the volume five book of tests, uh, 10 actual official LSATs, volume five. And just start doing one section a day, start from the beginning of that book and do the entire book and do one section per day, timed 35 minutes and review your mistakes. And it would take you an hour, right? 35 minutes to do the section and 25 minutes to review it. And, you know, maybe you want to do more than that. Like maybe you've got time um, when you're on your plane back from Australia or you're waiting in the airport, maybe you've got time to do more than just one section in a day. But get started with one section per day starting now. And, yeah, I would absolutely think that he could be ready for the October test. And if he's not, I mean, he could wait and he could sign up at the last minute if he is ready. But if he's not ready, then he could wait and sign up for the – certainly he could be ready for the December test.
1: Would you have him start with the first volume, That's test seven?
0: No, no, no. I I, I said the most recent. Go ahead and start with the volume five book.
1: Oh, with the volume five book. Yeah, yeah, Because, yeah. I mean, there's a few
0: For some reason, that's why you're saying get all five No, volumes. no, 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 no. <laughs> Actually, yeah, let's go <laughs> ahead and clarify that. Don't ever buy that first book called 10 Actual Official LSATs. They're way too old. You do not need yep. to be practicing those tests. And I don't think you need to be practicing 10 more actual official LSATs either. That's the second volume. Yeah. Um, if you were going to do 30 practice tests, then maybe you could do the book that has the next 10 official, um, or be, or you could buy that next 10 book and just do the games, potentially, um, just yeah. for extra games practice. But the two that you really need are 10 new actual official LSATs and uh, 10 actual official LSATs, Volume 5.
1: Yeah, I guess I would have him start with that green book, which is the 10 new, right? Isn't That's that fine.
0: One? Either way, I mean... The truth is, I think not everyone needs to do forty needs to do even twenty tests, right? Like this dude starting with a one fifty five, it, yeah. it to me it's totally conceivable that he could be scoring one seventy by the time he gets done with the volume five book. If he's not, he could go backward to the to the green book, yeah, um, which wouldn't hurt him at all. Those are still really modern tests, Um, 10 new actual official LSATs with comparative reading. That's the volume four of that series of books. And those ones were from 2007 to 2010-ish. The volume five book is from 2011 to 2013-ish. Either way, I think either one of those books and just do all the tests, one section a day, time yourself 35 minutes and then review it. If you have questions, get yourself a study partner or get yourself a tutor and work through those questions. That's how you learn. Um, I would actually say do that rather than do any of the theory stuff. We we got, a, we, we got an email about that recently. You want to talk about that a little bit, Ben?
1: Yeah. Um, well, so wait, hold on. Stepping back, but one thing I know I'm going to make this a little more complicated and making things more complicated is not necessarily good but yeah i i would say given where we're at right now i would get the green book and the blue book the green book is prep test 52 to 61 and that's the one that's the new right 10 new yeah yeah 10 new uh prep tests and then uh the blue book is test 62 to 71 and that's What's like this is volume five. Volume right? five, yeah. Yeah, so I would get both of them, and <laughs> I know you might disagree with me on this one, but I would say go with start with test fifty two, which is the first test in the green book, and then do test sixty two after you do fifty two. So work through that fifty two section by section, and then go up to sixty two, and then go back to fifty three, and then go up to sixty three. So you're 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 doing the first. You're alternating between the books and the reason for this is that if his score goes up quickly then he can just jump into the blue book and do all of those but if if it doesn't then he hasn't burned through all those recent tests he's also he's kind of slowed that down a little bit by doing some of the older tests in the green book and that way he can adjust and add more tests to his schedule without like, having to go back in time, because I do feel like the older tests are a little bit easier. I know this is something we've talked about before, and you're feeling like they're not necessarily easier, but I do feel like the the reading comp, especially in the older 60s, I mean, the more recent 60s, is is even more challenging than the the green book. Yeah, so...
0: I'm happy with that. And those books are cheap anyways, right? They're 20 or 25 bucks a piece. So we're, we're looking at $45 for Kyle to get both of these books. I don't know. Maybe he can't get them in Australia. But um, if you got both of those books, you'd have 20 tests. Do one from one book, then do one from the other book, um, and then just work your way through those 20 tests like that. Um, that would be awesome. The other thing to remember is that now we're getting a little bit far away from this blue book, right? Um, there are now three... 2014 tests that come after this blue book volume five and there's going to be one um 2015 test the june test as soon as that comes out which will be available um for him to study as well so even if he only did the blue book and then all the 2014 2015 tests he'd still be doing 14 practice tests before he sat for the october test which totally might be enough but I, yeah I like, I like your plan of going back and forth between the green and blue book just obviously don't go back farther than that um, what about the um, power score bibles or what about any of the theory stuff that's out there
1: uh, I think it might make sense for the, for the logic games bible that might be helpful for him given that's where he's struggling um, in terms of reading comp I don't think there's like a really good book out there for it honestly
0: yeah if i was going to write a reading comprehension book it would be like two pages so i don't know that there's really that much to say about it yeah um and then the i I guess really what i'm fishing for ben is just the difference between theory and doing actual practice
1: yeah i would say you want to at first go back well at first I would go back and forth. I think people err on the side of doing too much theory, and this is what we were talking about with the other person in the email, right? Like practice is what helps you really get your mind wrapped around it. But once you start doing that practice, when you do read books on theory, I think it can, it can help a lot in the sense that you understand what they're actually talking about. So I, I would do a mix. I would do a little bit of the Power Score Bible for the logic games. Um, I don't think he's gonna need your logical reasoning book, but if he did, um, if he felt like, hey, I'm still struggling with logical reasoning, it hasn't improved as much as I thought it would after doing a lot of tests, I would say to go do your book and maybe you work on the hardest questions or work on the type of questions that he's struggling with. Maybe not. Yeah, too,
0: the my well, logical reasoning encyclopedia would be great if he does a bunch of practice and then. You know, realizes, oh, I am terrible at matching pattern questions and I want to do a whole bunch of matching pattern questions, that would be a really good way to go. I don't think I would recommend the PowerScore Logical Reasoning Bible, especially not to start, just because I feel like he doesn't need that much theoretical bullshit. What he really needs is just do some practice and make some mistakes and then learn from his mistakes. Um, PowerScore Logic Games Bible, I agree with you. There's a lot of games in there that he can do for practice. And the fundamentals are there you know they're they're pretty solid they're not perfect but they're um they certainly wouldn't hurt so if he really wanted to just drill um logic games that would probably be a perf- uh, a pretty good place to go but again I, well, yeah now, no that s-
1: we're, now that we're talking about it i actually would say probably don't get it <laughs> yeah um it's expensive and uh, he could get well, a bunch of given, tests
0: for that same amount of money
1: yeah and given what he's doing like his score so far I actually think he might just benefit from the seven sage videos like if he get stuck on a game, watch one of the videos on Seven sage
0: Google it do a question do a game and if you really hate it, Google it and see what happens yeah 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 all right um, what else did he ask about goals yeah, I and mean, we've talked about goals a little bit on previous episodes. My two cents about goals is that like having a numerical goal is really kind of. Uh, can be counterproductive Uh, can have you shoot for either a number that's too high or too low and that you should probably instead of focusing on results goals you should focus on activity goals instead Um, that's where my like one hour a day thing comes from is that you know if that were your goal an hour a day in between now and the October 3rd test you would be you would put in a shit ton of hours and you would be way better at at the test than you are now So that's about as much of a goal as I would really be even thinking about. Now, as far as pie in the sky, kind of a number, I mean, a cold 155 seems like somebody who should potentially be able to, I mean, I would say at least 165.
1: Yeah, I would just say mid 160s. And then honestly, I mean, I feel like. You just would have to see how it goes, but I wouldn't be surprised at all if he broke 170.
0: Yeah, that's the way I would put it, too. It's like, you know, you're, you would be someone who wouldn't surprise me at all if you ended up in the 170s. I wouldn't be shocked if you topped out at 165, but yeah. I wouldn't be shocked if you topped out at 175 either. So that's kind of... As far as goals and expectations, I think that's about all I have to say. Yeah. Cool. Um... Well, I think we've covered a lot. Uh, ben, do you have anything else that you want to add to no. this show? No, well, I'm awesome. good. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Um, as always, you can reach out to ben at, uh, ben at strategyprep.com. You can get me, Nathan, at foxlsat.com, or you can email us both at help at thinkinglsat.com. Thanks for listening. We'll be back uh, in a couple of weeks. Hope you enjoy your summer and we'll talk to you guys soon.